Sterling's got from the east to the west. Make you laugh your lungs out of your chest. Rolling up, cause it's time to go. And take another hit of this episode. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? This is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast with your host, Sterling Scott. You can find us on TaylorMadeRadio.ca and all other major streaming platforms. And this episode was produced by Matt Olix. Let's begin the show. All right, people. I know you're like, where the fuck have you been, Sterling? What has been going on? What's up, man? Well, man, look, so much shit has been happening, people. Like right now, as I'm talking to you, it's 4.30 a.m. and I just came off a mushroom trip. And I can tell you guys right now, uh, if you never did mushrooms, yo, that's some shit. That is, that is not weed. That is not, uh, that is nothing like, that is drugs, man. Holy. I think the crazy thing is, though, it's like, uh, it's not that I haven't done mushrooms before. It's just that with mushrooms, you know what I mean? Sometimes you can get bunk ones. Sometimes you get good ones. When I mean bunk ones, I mean ones that make your stomach hurt or make you feel like you got to take a shit or throw up all the time. You know what I mean? Or like it doesn't even work whatsoever. Well, I got these mushrooms and they were called, I shit you not, these mushrooms were called penis envy. Yes, people, I'm not making this up. I don't know who the fuck named it. You can Google this shit yourself, but the mushrooms are called Penis Envy. So I um, got these Penis Envy uh, mushrooms, and the dude told me that they were potent, but all drug dealers tell you that bullshit. You know how the drug dealers are. They always tell you, oh, this is crazy. This is amazing when they're selling you some bunk stuff, but I can tell you right now. <laughs> these ones were serious so i took regular dosage of uh these things and i made them in a tea and uh here's the thing if you want to do if you guys have never done mushrooms uh pay attention uh because this is the guide from the rookie perspective first thing i did was this don't just eat the mushrooms they taste terrible mushrooms they, they uh, the shrooms they taste horrible they make you want to gag they make you want to throw up just the smell of mushrooms to this day makes me want to throw up but what i found uh is that if you boil them in the tea which yes it was recommended but i always thought if i boil it in tea it wouldn't be as potent <laughs> i was wrong about that i boiled it in a tea i just boiled it i took uh, two liters of hot water uh and then i uh let the hot water boil, threw the mushrooms in, let it boil for about 20 to 25 minutes. And then I put in some good old green tea and some peppermint and a little bit of lime. And um, I let that sit and steep for about five or 10 minutes to cool off. And I drank it. And um, you don't taste nothing. It tastes like absolutely just regular old tea. But uh, these bad boys kicked in quick. Because about 45 minutes after drinking that, shit got real. And here's the thing about mushrooms. I believe everybody who's ready to face themselves for who they are should take mushrooms. 
and people who want to understand a deeper a, a deeper level of understanding of themselves of the world of of everything if you're ready then you should do mushrooms all right if you're ready then you should do mushrooms and i recommend it heavily because let me tell you guys something um people who have done mushrooms they'll tell you one of the weirdest things to do is like because you could do mushrooms recreationally, like with your friends and just trip balls. Or you could be doing mushrooms and discover shit. Like, yo, it's like, like they say, it opens your third eye. And I believe that because I was feeling, you know, I wasn't feeling myself, people. I'll be honest. I'm going to, I'm talking to my dedicated 56. I still have the same amount of listeners so I know I'm talking to who I'm talking to. And um, I uh, I wasn't feeling good uh, spiritually. I was, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, I was sad. There's just no other way to put it, people. I was sad. And, um, you know, like when you like have a bunch of things go wrong and, uh, you know, it just feels like your whole world is falling down around you. And the reality is that it's not that the whole world is falling down around you. It's that there's a core issue that's upsetting you. And, you know, it just amplifies the issues and the problems of everything else. And I realized that that was happening. I realized I was going into a dark place. And I was like, I'm going to take these mushrooms. And uh, I'm going to take them alone. And I'm going to go on a spiritual journey. Now, at this point in time, if you've never done mushrooms or people who have done mushrooms, you're both laughing, okay? Because <laughs> you're like, what the fuck was Sterling doing? Yes, I went on a spiritual journey. I don't care what anyone tells me. Um, I took the mushrooms, uh, I drank the tea, and 45 minutes later, it started to kick in. Now, for me, it's very weird. When the mushrooms start to kick in, my teeth start to tingle. Like some, I don't know why, but it's, I don't know if it's the, the braces that I had before or whatever, but my teeth start tingling. Then I just started saying to myself, breathe and let it happen. And then just start asking the questions. And so I just started asking questions. And I swear to you, people, dedicated 56. Imagine if you had a big you know, not of like rope or cord. And you're like, ah, like, like, you know, when your headphones are tied up are all wired and all tied up and you're like, how do I unravel this big ass knot? Well, that's what was like, that knot was that pain in my stomach. And I just started asking questions, you know, like simple questions, things like, what are you upset about? Why are you mad? What's going on? What's this, et cetera, et cetera. And as I started asking the questions, it was like taking the, 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 the cord and trying to unravel it. And whereas I couldn't unravel it before, while I was on the mushrooms, as I asked the questions, the unraveling started happening. And as the unraveling started happening, it started getting to the core of not only what my problems were, but how these problems even occur. Now, I'm not going to let you guys know about all of my deep personal shit, but I will tell you this. 
that uh, taking mushrooms let me learn, let me understand empathy better. And it also let me not, let me understand that a lot of my problems stem from myself. And that was like a crazy trip because like when you take mushrooms, you can't lie to yourself. And not only can you not lie to yourself, but you have to face yourself. And it may seem like, oh, I could face myself. But ask anybody who's ever done mushrooms. One of the weirdest things to do when you're tripping is to look at yourself in the mirror. Because I don't know how to explain it, but you literally see yourself like for the first time. Like you look at that, you look at your own reflection and you're like, I don't know who that person is. And when you look at that person for a few minutes, you're going to be like, you're going to either see something you like or see something you don't like. And whatever you see, that's real. Like that, you are tripping, yes, but what you see that you don't like is who you really are. And uh, what you see that you like, that's also who you really are. So there'll be things that you like and things that you don't like. And, um, you know, I saw things that I liked and I saw things that I didn't like. And I realized um, something else. I realized, as crazy as this is sounded, I know, I realized I was loving wrong. You know what I'm saying? I I realized that love is not uh, what people make me feel. But love is like like servitude. You know what I'm saying? Like when you love someone or you love something, it's not because what they do for you. When you love them, it's, it's you know, you just, I don't, man, I can't even put it in words. See, this is what I'm talking about. When I was on the mushrooms, the answers were there. But now when I'm back into normal world, the you know what I mean? It's like I know what I'm saying, but I don't have the proper words for it. But I learned that I wasn't loving properly. I learned that a lot of my problems stem from myself. One of the crazy things that I stumbled upon was uh, not only that I had to look at how people make me feel, but I never realized how I make people feel. I never once took the time to ever take into account how people see me and that maybe the way that they make me feel makes me act this way or that way, but maybe that they're acting a certain way because of the way that I make them feel. So there's all these different kind of crazy shit that was just running through this world. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, What it came out on the other end is that uh, I need to be a better person Um, I need to love properly and I need to learn how to forgive. But then as I was coming to all these answers, the mushroom trip came to its end and I didn't get the answers on how to do it. And then as soon as the mushroom trip ends, right, it's like all your walls come back up, all your defenses, all of the things like of who you were before you went into that you know, mass, that, that, that mushroom trip, it, you're back to yourself now. And, and 
You know what I'm saying? All those answers are gone now. And so I'm going to do another one. I'm going to do another mushroom trip. Um, and I'm going to get some more answers. And when I get some more answers, I'll come back and tell you guys that about what happened. But um, a lot of other stuff has gone on, man. My bow hunting. So um, I <laughs> I said you guys briefly that I uh, started doing, uh, took up archery as a, as a hobby and um i built my own targets from scratch and i love them my targets are amazing i should post some pictures of my targets i think i'm gonna post pictures this week check my uh instagram the comedy reject instagram i'm gonna post pictures this week of me out in the woods shooting my arrow you guys are gonna see me with my bow my arrow and the targets that i made check the instagram for this week because i'm gonna go do it um, but I was practicing, uh, like any lunatic, I was practicing in my living room, shooting arrows in my living room. And I got to tell you, at first I got good with it. Like guys, man, I don't know, man. I felt like I had a natural aptitude for archery. If you're one of my dedicated 56 and you want to go and shoot arrows with me one day, hit me up. Let's do it, man. Cause like, I'm good. Well, I mean, from about 40 feet, because that's about how long my living room is. But, like, I could stand from one end of the living room, and I could hit bullseye on, on the other end of the living room. And um, uh, I've been loving it. I've been shooting uh, every day. And uh, I got a little cocky, though. I got a little cocky. I was trying to do my own little version of William Tell, and I had put three targets on top of each other and i try to hit the bullseye in all three so i start low middle then one on the top and i hit the bullseye in the middle and then i hit just above the bullseye at the bottom and in the top one i got a little arrogant i missed the fucking target and it went through my window <laughs> it went through my front window so I broke right now. There's a hole in my window in my living room. If you come to my house, you will see there is. I broke the window with the arrow. And uh, I got to get that fixed because wintertime is coming. But, uh, you know, casualty of war, I guess. I don't know. I'm a fucking lunatic, people. What do you want from me? I shoot arrows in my living room. All right. That's the kind of person that I am. But uh, I'm loving the archery, and I got back into the gun ranges in uh, Edmonton, open back up, and I head down there and uh, shot off some guns uh, because of, you know, I don't remember if I told you guys on the last episode, but um, I was really itching to get out and, um, you know, use my firearms and... Um, Basically, I got a little too, you know what it is? I have friends. Do anybody have friends that are just about that stupid shit? No matter what you say, they'll always be like, yeah, I'm down. Well, I have a few of those friends. And one of them was at my house. And he's sitting in my living room. And I said to him, hey, man, do you want to go to a farm and shoot this gun at 3 o'clock in the morning? And he's like, yeah, let's go. And the whole time, I'm like, why is nobody stopping me? And we went, we took, we took my 22 handgun. We went down to this farm 
and uh, shot the gun. The gun was so blasted loud that I panicked after it fired and ran back to the car, uh, <laughs> threw the gun in the car, and drove back to my house. And uh, after that, I was like, okay, I got to go to the gun range. So I went to the gun range and did it properly. And uh, it felt great being back on the range. I swear to you guys, I know a lot of people are like they don't like firearms. But I think that um, even if you don't want a firearm, I think everybody should be educated on firearms. Because the education of it will teach you not only how to use it, but also how to prevent any accidents and stuff like that from happening. Uh, I think the miseducation that they try to put in the media with firearms in Canada is insane. It's nothing like what they have in America and the issues they have down there. But, I mean, hey, you know, to each their own, but uh, uh, I'm a firearm user and heavy supporter of it. But anyways, uh, so that was my archery and my firearms. And uh, with comedy, it's back on the road now. And um, I got to do something that was really dope, yo. Um, Fort St. John is a city in northern British Columbia. And uh, they had a peace comedy festival. And I was headlining it. And uh, I did for the first time ever, I had an all-black lineup for their festival. So the Lido, at the Lido Theater, the Lido Theater has been open since 1957. And they've never had an all-black comedy show. And for the first time in its history, it happened. And I was happy to do that with a full cast of black Albertan comedians. Shout out B-Easy, Natasha, and Tesh uh, for doing a phenomenal job out there, man. I was so proud of you guys. Um, we had an all-black show. There was other comedians who were not black, but those were on different nights and yeah, man, it just meant something to me to have that ability to, you know, give the opportunity to black comics that they would never have received before and then watching them crush it because, you know, a lot of people, even the people that uh, had booked me for the festival, they thought that uh, some of the black comedians were not ready uh, just based on meeting them. They didn't actually see the material and then having them show up and just absolutely blow the roof off the place, it just made my heart fucking swell. And I'm so happy. So once again, congrats to all you guys for doing such a phenomenal job. And as I was celebrating all of this, more shit went wrong. So, of course, you guys, when you listen to this, you know this. But um, British Columbia changed their laws and uh, a lot of my comedy shows got canceled again. So um, I do have a festival still in Kamloops. So if you're in Kamloops or Salmon Arm, uh, October 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, I will be out in your ways. Um, hopefully, hopefully, because right now uh, they just changed the law as of um, Friday where in British Columbia, the club, they went back a step, basically, people. They went back a step and they closed down clubs and they said that uh, bars can only sell liquor until 10 p.m. There's no more singing. 
And, uh, you know, comedy clubs got shut down. And so I lost more dates again. So just as things were getting good, man, I'm not going to lie. I was back to the old Sterling where I'm on the road every weekend and I'm, you know, doing shows. I was up to doing four shows a week. And, uh, you know, the money was coming in. I was uh, starting to get myself out of debt. And um, I lost a couple thousand in shows. So uh, hopefully Kamloops and Salmon Arm holds on with their festival because uh, I really need that. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes, though. We'll see how it goes. And um, I decided, speaking of um, shows and festivals, I was telling you guys last time that I was going to do, I was thinking about doing a show for the 17th. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, uh, I just don't see the time. I don't see the time and the money because um, they keep changing the laws, man. And, uh, you know, my ability, I need the ability to have, you know, at least 100 to 150 people. Uh, in order to make it successful and uh, they just keep changing the limits and then I seen they changed the limits in Toronto um, in outdoor venues down to 25 and so my gigs in Toronto got cancelled um, but I still uh, plan on visiting um, I got some people down there that I got love for and some family that I'd really like to see. So regardless of whether or not my shows in Toronto got canceled, uh, I'm still going to come see you people in Toronto. So for all my dedicated 56 in uh, Ontario, look out for me. I'll be coming down uh, still in the uh, Christmas time. You know what I'm saying? So if you come, I've been tested people. Oh shit. I didn't even tell you guys I got tested. So I'll tell you what happened. Um, I felt like uh, I was eating something and I don't know, like I felt like uh, like I was like I was eating and laying on my side. I like to lie on my side when I eat people. Leave me alone. I don't like to sit up tables. I like to lie down because I'm a piece of shit who likes to lie down and eat. And while I was lying down and eating, I felt like my neck, like it felt like I pulled a muscle in my throat and um, my throat started to hurt. Now, I know that it wasn't a sore throat or anything brought on by a cold. But I had Fort St. John coming up in seven days. So this is going back in time. And so I said to be a responsible human, I went and I got tested. I went and I got um, uh, tested for COVID. And, of course, I told uh, I told a friend and they were like, oh, you're going to go get tested and they're going to go get your DNA, bro. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, you people are crazy. Like, seriously, people, I don't understand how, like, if you don't want to, if you don't want to wear a mask and you're like, oh, a mask is stifling. I don't have COVID. It's not real. Okay, fine. But then at least go get tested. Like, for the love of God, get tested. And then if you don't have it, then you could at least be like, I got tested for COVID. I know I don't have it. And then you could at least have a legitimate argument. But for you fucking lunatics who don't want to get tested and don't want to wear a mask and don't want to take protective measures, stay the fuck home, man, because you're a nuisance as far as I'm concerned. And I know there's a lot of people calling me sheep or whatever, and I'm like, yeah, 
Say what you want, man. You guys are fucking crazy. So I got tested. I didn't have to do the nose one. I just did the throat test. And uh, basically, I, you know what I mean? He shoves a cute long-ass Q-tip down your throat. I gag like a fucking porn star. And uh, that's it. It, it. That was it. It was like t- it was like two seconds. He just said, open your mouth. And I was like, ah, ah. And he's like, yeah. And then he threw the Q-tip in the container, sent it off. Five days later, I got the call. I was negative, and I was on the road to Fort St. John. So listen, people, this is a message from a lunatic who does mushrooms. Go get tested. You can, if you're in Alberta, you can look it up on the Alberta Health Services and online, and they have pharmacies, corner stores, all different kind of facilities now in your area where you could be tested. You type in your postal code. They tell you a bunch of places in your area. You can even call ahead for crying out loud. You can call ahead and say, hey, do you have any people in? And you could schedule a time or you could walk in. People, let's be responsible, man. Let's try to just do what we got to do to get this fucking disease in control so we can get back to being fucking people again, man. Because I'm sick and tired of, you know, like what happened in Vancouver. They got 486 cases in, in three days. And so that's why they shut everything down again. Like, if we could figure out, you know, with, with testing and constant testing, if you've been around a lot of people or you went to a party, or if you're going to attend something where there's a lot of people, get tested, man. Get fucking tested. You know, like... uh just do it, man. And so I got tested, and I hope a lot of you guys go out and get tested. And, uh, yeah, my results were negative, and I was back on the road. And then uh, I got to do some shows again for Yuck Yucks, and uh, we were doing Yuck Yucks on tour. So we got to go to some places who don't give a fuck about masks, and that's in Medicine Hat, Canmore, and Fort Saskatchewan is where we were at. And I got to tell you, man, one of the things I love about going on the road with comedians is comedians have the best road stories. Like, everyday people understand something. I love you. I love you. But you absolutely bore me. You guys do not uh, tell stories or live lives like the lunatics that comedians are. And it's not like comedians are trying to be funny. They just, I don't know, something about comedians. They just do... They just they just do stupid shit. There are people who are not comedians who are great storytellers and have, you know, a lot of amazing, interesting stories. Um, but most of you people are not. And um, I don't know, man. Like, I was on the road with comedians doing this tour with Yuck Yucks. And some of the greatest laughs I ever had. It was so good being back on the road. I wasn't headlining this one. I was just hosting and uh just uh i was with some phenomenal headliners and uh, it was great working with people again and um we were on the road just telling road stories and uh i got to tell you guys this road story that was fucking hilarious so there was this dude who is a comedian who when he was 18 years old he wanted to beat the system he didn't want to work he didn't want to do anything he just wanted to be on welfare he just wanted to cheat the system so he figured when he graduated high school he 
he went down to the welfare office and he was like, I want to be on welfare. So the welfare office says, okay, well, uh, that's not how it works. You have to get a job. Now, this is hilarious because this person obviously thought that in order to, that, you know, welfare was just this easy thing and that everybody was on welfare, that, you know, like people always have this misconception of people on welfare that they're lazy. And now there are people, I'm not saying there's not people who don't cheat the system, but for the most part, um, it's not as easy as you think. And this story explains it. So he goes down to the office and he says, uh, I want to be on welfare. And they said, well, it doesn't work that way. You have to look for a job. Um, see, when you're on welfare in Alberta, they have a they give you $500 a month. Well, this is at the time, of course. We're talking about when this person was 18. This person is obviously much older. So anyways, it was $500 a month. So they say you can't get it like that. You have to go and look for a job. So he goes, okay, fine. And he goes out to look for a job. Uh, he comes back and he says, I couldn't find a job. And they said, well, um, let's give you an aptitude test. So they give him an aptitude test. And uh, he gets a score back so low. He's only qualified to work in a fucking kiosk in a mall. That is like... I don't even know the level of what questions they could ask on an aptitude test or what the things he could have said to get mall kiosk. But when your results come back as mall kiosk, a small tear should drop from your mother's eye because she failed you. So he got back the results of mall kiosk. So they said, go hand out resumes at the mall kiosk. Now, here's the thing that you guys may not know. Mall kiosks are typically family-owned, and uh, they don't just hire people, And which is what he found out. He comes back to the office, and he says, hey, I went to all the mall kiosks, and I couldn't get a job. Can I get my $500 a month and be on welfare? And the lady goes, no, I've got one more placement. And she took him down to a place for uh, handicapped people who want to work and or are capable of work and um, she brings him down there takes him down to the office he goes into the office and he goes to apply for the job and the lady goes what are you doing here and he's like I'm here for the job and she's like you're not handicapped you can't work here and he goes okay so he goes back outside and he tells the lady she said I can't work there the lady goes, oh, no, 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 no. Let me go and talk to him. She goes back inside and the lady tells him, hey, I'm from the welfare office. I'm bringing this person in. And the person talking to her goes, hey, uh, he's not handicapped enough to work here. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Here's his aptitude test. He's too stupid to work anywhere else. And the other guy's like, well, he's not stupid enough to work here. And, and they have this back and forth for a while. And the guy had to watch as people argue over this. Then they finally concede and say, fine, you can work here. So his job is to take marshmallows, dip them in coconuts, put them in a bag. That's your job. And uh, he goes in and there's 
handicapped people all at their stations, at their stools, sitting down, taking marshmallows, dipping them and rolling them in coconut, stuffing them in bags. So they have to sit on these little stools. So he sits on the stool and the stool breaks. And the stool breaks because the person, you know, the guy is a little on the heavy side. So the stool breaks. They take him and clean him up. Remember, this is a place where only handicapped people are working. So the people helping them are people who think they're working with handicapped people. So after his stool broke, they came back and they're like, um, we're going to take away all your stools. So all the handicapped people, all they had was their stools to sit on. And they lost that because of this guy. And all of them with their, you know, with their helmets and everything were just giving him like the deathly glare. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I would be a little nervous if you get that. You know what I mean? I don't want to get that handicap punch because their strength. It's I don't know. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it, but it's real. Um, so they all lost their everybody lost their stools on this guy's first day. So they're cleaning him up. And then he goes, uh, you know what? I'm just going to go home for the day because, you know, I'm injured. And she looks at him and goes, uh, you can't go home. And he goes, why not? And she's like, well, you can't leave unsupervised. Your mother has to pick you up. And he's like, what do you mean? And she's like, yeah, uh, you can't just leave here because, you know, something can happen to you because you're handicapped. And he's like, what? No, I'm just here because all I got was mall kiosk. And they were like, yep, that qualifies as handicap for us. And he had to stay. So he stays now. His mom finally comes, picks him up. He comes back for his second day. And this is where justice is just beautiful. So he's, you know, talking to some of the handicapped people working. And he's like, this is a pretty easy job to do for $500 a month. And the handicapped person looked at him and goes, $500 a month? We're getting paid uh, way more than that. We make $1,500 a month. We get paid an hourly wage. And he goes, I only get $500 a month. And the handicapped person goes, what are you, stupid? Why would you work here for $500 a month? And so while he thought he was scamming the system, the system was scamming him. And that made me laugh really hard. I don't know if I told that story as good as I should have told it, but I had to leave out a lot of stuff because uh, it's the story of a real person. And I don't want to, they don't really tell that story. They don't tell that story on stage or anything. So I didn't want to include too much information so that people can guess who it is. But, um, I thought that story was fucking hilarious. And, um, yeah, then I heard a story of a guy who got, uh, autoimmune deficiency syndrome from, uh, without having sex. Uh, that's right. He got AIDS. He got sexless AIDS from a coconut. That's a story for another day, people. Uh, and with that, I'm going to wrap up today's uh, episode of the Comedy Reject. Hey, this weekend, 
I will be September 25th and 26th. You can catch me in Calgary headlining the Yuck Yucks. Uh, if you're in Calgary, come down, hang out with me. I'll tell you the story. In fact, yes, that's what I'll do. If you ever want to know the story of how somebody got AIDS without having sex from a coconut, come and talk to me in person. That's what I'll do. I'll tell you that story in real life only. All right, my dedicated 56. Thank you guys so much for fucking with me. Sorry that I was gone for so long. I was doing a lot of mushrooms and a lot of soul searching. I'm going to do more mushrooms this week. And I'm going to come back and tell you guys uh, on Sunday uh, what happened and how it went at Yuck Yucks. So if you guys are available this weekend, uh, September 25th and 26th, come down and see me. I'll tell you all the story. It's hilarious. We'll all have a good laugh. And uh, stay safe out there, people. And be kind to each other. You know what I'm saying? Take the time out to stop being so mean to each other. Have some empathy. Understand that we don't know what other people are going through or why they are the way they are. And uh, I don't know, man. Like, after taking those mushrooms, like, sometimes when I see people getting upset or being mean or being a bad person, I don't even see the actions that they do. I see how they, what they went through to make them become that way. And it makes me feel sorry for them. And, um, you know what I mean? Have some more empathy, people. I feel like if we have more empathy in this world, we'll all learn how to uh, not just tolerate each other, but learn how to love each other better. All right? So y'all be good to each other. I'm going to go do... Uh, I'm going to have a nap, actually, because uh, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but when you come off a mushroom, you don't... You feel very content. You're very tired. You're very... I'm done with the world. You feel like you went to a really good party and then you came home and now you're laying in bed. So I'm going to have a nap and uh, I will talk to you guys again next week. All right. Sorry that I took so long to get the podcast out. And for my dedicated 56, you know what I'm saying? Love you guys. Thank you for your support. This has been another episode of the Comedy Reject. I'm out of here.